What's going on? Everybody, you've got the cardboard coaches here with your boy, Coach Co. Ladies and gentlemen, I am the sports card cartel. And Coach Co, if you don't mind, I'm going to start us off today in this action-packed episode with a poem that I wrote for you and for the hobby. Is that all right? Yeah, yeah. I'm, Here I'm we go. My, I'm getting my snaps, re- snaps ready. Snaps ready. Yeah, I don't know why I was asking. I mean, it's not like you're going to say no. Here we so, go. So far, I've been serenaded, and now this is the, the po- a poem. So, I mean, I, this is pretty wild, actually. Keep going. Poetry for Coach Co. and the hobby, ladies and gentlemen. We are going to get to the stuff that you want to hear about, but here's what I have to say. Coach Co. went to Vegas. The Mint Collective. Where influencers gather. Some objective. They spoke on podiums. Some truthed. Some lied. They all loved Coach Co.'s mustache, but he gave not a single ride. The cardboard coaches, we are here for the hobby. He was heard to say, we speak of the good, the bad, the ridiculous. Come what may. Thank you. That was pretty good. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. That was pretty good. I appreciate that. On the topic of the Mint Collective, it was pretty good. Speaking of the Mint Collective. I was just about to say, on the topic of the Mint Collective, uh, as the cartel just mentioned, I just got back from the Mint Collective, took a red eye on Monday morning. That uh, was a rough one, let me tell you. Um, I I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun. Um, Vegas is a fun place in general. Uh, I try not to get too wrapped up in like extracurriculars. If you know me, I'm just at the same goddamn way every day. You know, I was still going for my walks early morning. Doesn't matter. Uh, time change was anyone I know of anyone I know, I would have the least amount of concern that you would get wrapped up yeah. in the Vegas lifestyle. And you let all of us know that by posting your daily walks. Yeah. It was one, you know, and they were a little off though. Like I was taking like 6am walks instead of my normal, like 4am walks. So like, I was like, Oh man, I'm slipping a little bit. But aside from the walks, um, the, the, the show in general. So here's what I'm going to say as a card show. If you are not, someone who creates content in the hobby. If you're going for strictly buying and selling cards, I don't think that shows for you. Um, There was not, there was stuff available. It was probably the emptiest show I've ever been at in terms of like square footage and people. Now, I don't necessarily know if that's a good thing or bad thing, but it felt empty, empty the whole time. That being said, one giant positive is the fact that I, you know, at no point was smelling someone else's body odor or uh, rubbing up against someone or having difficulty getting to a table or having a conversation with a dealer or any anybody. I had zero difficulties with anything at that show. So I will say that, you know, there are pros and cons to that. As a result of that, it made for some pretty good conversations with people that I don't see ever. Um, so I had a lot of pretty good conversations with people um, who, you know, we see every day who I didn't even know exist in this space, who are some movers and shakers of some prominent um, card shops in the United States who are, you know, perhaps middlemen, distributors, some people that that organize shows. So I had a lot of really good conversations with 
some of the backbone behind the scene. And for that, I, I mean, it was worth it alone. Um, and just to kind of have real conversations with these people about, and these are the people who have been in this industry for, you know, 15, 20 years. Like, I mean, I know that the vast majority of the people who are front and center in this space right now, you know, m maybe they've been here five, 10 years, but like these people that I was having conversations with, like 20, 25, 30 years in the hobby and like right. in a prominent role where they were buying and selling, where they owned a card shop, a prominent one, where they're dealing firsthand with distribution through Panini and Tops and Upper Deck through the years and watching them transition. So having that perspective was so very interesting. Um, and just kind of seeing where they think things are at. I mean, I think there's a lot of reservation from the the the, the card shops with what's going to happen with Tops. And we're actually going to get into this I mean, yeah. I say tops, but I mean fanatics. And we're going to get into this um, because fanatics has been making some moves that we're going to talk about towards the middle part of the episode. So you're going to stay tuned for that. But they, there is some concern from the hobby shops that it's all kind of like, you know, show me this now. And then like, well, like, what are you going to do later? Um, and like, why, why do you need me and stuff of that nature? And how are you going to treat me later? And all these stuff, these things. Um, but like I said, I, there were some really good connections, uh, conversations that I, I had. Uh, you know, I, I was fortunate enough to see some Canadians down there as well. Shout out Mr. Jeremy Lee, Sports Card Live. Um, he was, you know, very gracious in introducing me to people and, and you know, was pretty adamant that he's like, oh, he's a hockey card collector too. And he's from Canada and, you know, he's going to be at the expo and, you know, someone actually people passed... who collect hockey cards. Yeah, We're exactly. Hockey card exactly, exactly. And like someone passed by with uh, a nasty George Vesna. Like it was a PSA 8, I think. But it was probably one of the like nicest PSA 8s I've ever seen in my life. And uh, Jeremy was insistent that I needed to see it. Like he like pulled me away from what I was doing. He's like, you need to come here right now. Like you need to see this card. This is like a piece of art. And I mean, he wasn't wrong. I mean, if anyone knows what the George Vesna uh, rookie looks like. I mean, it's a 19, what, 32? Am I right? It's like some somewhere in that that year, um, just ridiculously old hockey card that people often don't even know exists. Uh, you know, someone consider it a holy grail, and the fact that he you know went out of his way to pull me and say, "Hey, listen, you might not ever see this card again, so like come over here." Love. Um, it was awesome. So that's what I'll say about the Mint Collective. Uh, it was again a great experience. Um, you know, from a buying perspective, I actually got a chance to buy some hockey down there at like pretty good prices because. For the most part, yeah. it was it was hard to sell for like the dealers. That's what you do with the United States. I you know that. Well, that, that was my plan going down there, right? My plan was to, to go down there and like I actually wanted to buy more, but I I didn't buy as much as I wanted, quite frankly. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I've I've made some cameo appearances in the background of like a lot of like your favorite like content creators' videos. I <laughs> just like around, you know, just the guy with the mustache. Um. Yeah, and so one of the most interesting things about the Mint Collective was that there was a massive announcement from BGS that took place at the show. And it like it it kind of crept up on us. So they actually let us in. If you had a certain wristband, you were allowed in on the Thursday while they were setting everything up. And on that Thursday, if you walked by the BGS booth, so it said Beckett, and then they had the grading scale. They had like a, it was the equivalent of like a, a Beckett's lab with the four 
um, for subgrades. And so what there was, it was 9595959595. And then it said BGS 10. And everyone was BGS 10 gem. That's correct. That's important. Yes. BGS, BGS 10 gem. And everyone was like, what's happening here? You know, like what is happening here? And so that picture quickly circulated and the hobby was like losing their mind. Um, And then the next day, you know, there was like some mixed reviews, but people were like, okay, how is like a true gem now a BGS 10 gem? Like, and so I wasn't really well received. And so Beckett decided on the second day that they were going to get a 10 and, and, literally place it over one of the nine fives. Like I, I watched this happen. Like a post-it. Like it was a almost, almost a post-it. Like you guys are imagining like it, it, they had somehow this 10 that they just stuck on it. And now there was, was a 10 the next, day? The, next, the next day, day, the next day. Yeah. So on the Friday they had rectified it. And now there's a 10, nine, five, nine, five, nine, five. And it still says BGS 10 mint. Or gem was it one of the two? Anyway, regardless. But regardless, it's now three nine fives and one ten equals a BGS ten. So as long as there's one ten and the rest are nine fives, it is now a BGS ten, which is not what a BGS ten is now. A BGS ten is now two tens and two nine fives. A BGS the, ten right now is called pristine as well. That's correct. You're right. You're right. On the third day, after everyone's losing their mind because they're like, okay, this is ridiculous, like. People are going to start buying, you know, the tens are going, the, the value of BGS tens are going down because the pop report is going to increase dramatically and everyone's going to get reholders. And that's why, you know, people, they're, they're doing this for money. All these comments on social media apparently absolutely spooked Beckett to the point where Beckett decided to rescind on this on Saturday. So we had now just seen Beckett basically announced that they're changing their grading scale, not once, but twice. And then on the third day, Beckett said, you know what? We're actually not changing anything because you guys were upset. And so for the entire show, people were talking about Beckett. And and honestly, not in a positive manner whatsoever. On the first day, people were like, what the hell is this? The BGS 10 pop, pop, pop counts are going to go through the roof. And people are going to be buying nine fives. And I'm sure that a ton of nine fives got refunded on, on day three, I promise you that a ton of true gems probably got refunded because people were intending to take those and all they have to do is resubmit it and they would get essentially a BGS 10. And the markup on a BGS 10 versus a true gem is, is ridiculous. Um, and so people were losing their minds. And, and I mean, once again, we start seeing Beckett having no backbone, bro. No backbone whatsoever. And I'm curious how you received it being here and on on this on social media and and just kind of seeing that all unfold rather than having it play out in person. Well, I hope you're ready to strap in. I am. This is going to take a bit. Let's do that it. That being said, first thing I want to say is it's kind of cool to hear you talk about the Mint Collective and kind of affirm what I kind of what myself and probably a lot of people listening that are aware of the Mint Collective show how they pictured it. You're kind of affirming that smaller type of show that's going to be more what's the term uh more selectively attended it's not really going to be a traditional card show it's not the expo you're not going to have the 
the absolutely mind-numbing options and smorgasbord in front of you. And like you said, it was probably a wonderful opportunity to talk. That's one of the difficult parts of the expo. Cartel wants to talk to everyone, loves everyone, although I have a very bad memory when it comes to names. I remember faces. I love you all. I love having conversations, like you said, with someone like Jeremy Lee, who's so passionate about the hockey hobby. But it's very difficult to do in the in the context of the expo and everything that's going on. So that's kind of cool to hear. I figured it was kind of like that and it probably gave you those great opportunities to get to know people on a deeper level. Uh, like you said, meet people that I think in the coming weeks we'll be speaking to here on Cardboard Coaches. That's the idea. And um, and just generally, you know, immersing yourself in, in, in that kind of atmosphere where you're talking to people who are who have been around for a long time. These are the people I, I want to hear from these days, because like you said, they, they're, they're, they're the, 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 the temperature takers, so to speak, of what's going on right now. I want to get a sense for how they're feeling. Are, are they positive? And like you said, I think that people can refer to a previous episode of ours. I don't know what number it was. Eric Whiteback. For a little bit of context. It's got to be in the 70s, background. I think. Yeah, I mean, we're like, we're getting up there. Yeah. But um, just for context in terms of this whole thing with why stores might be feeling uneasy, right? Now, Beckett. Let's talk about Beckett. I can't remember the last positive thing I've said about Beckett. And, and that feels bad, to tell you the truth, because I graded with them. I, I, I am telling you right now, and, and there is evidence, there's proof. I was one of the first people ever to grade with Beckett uh, back in, I believe, 1998. So you tell me, Coach Co, if I have a ton of Beckett slabs, do I, do I have a bit of an investment with how this company performs and is seen in the hobby? Of course. It's, it's, a, it's a huge investment. Yeah. So I'm just providing some context because so many people new to the hobby, I'm really getting sick of the hot takes from people who have no right to be giving any takes, quite frankly. And look, you do have the right to, to speak your mind, but the way that they speak so confidently is absolutely outrageous for people that don't know what's going on in this space or have been in the space for so small an amount of time and make these assumptions that if you're speaking badly of Beckett, you must be some sort of PSA supporter, or that you don't have experience with them. The big narrative from the people who didn't want to go in on Beckett after this whole fiasco that you described was that, you know, who are these people anyway? They don't sub with Beckett. They don't care about Beckett. So why should they have an opinion? The opinions that I saw all over social media were coming from people who've been around like myself and who have utilized Beckett in the past. We have every right to be commenting on this situation. I lost a lot of sleep that second day when they decided that a true gem plus, as we call it, would qualify for a gem and the true gem cards that I had accumulated would now be labeled mint plus. Absolutely flabbergasting. Not only as a general business decision, but to do that to people that support you and want to use your service or have used your service. So real quick, just for anyone who's confused, BGS 9.5 is gem mint. Okay, it says so on the website, says so on the label. The optics have been very confusing to new entrants in the hobby. That is not a derogatory term, by the way. I love new entrants in the hobby. 
New entrants in the hobby just don't have the context and sometimes the optics don't make sense. It doesn't make sense that a 9.5, which is a smaller number than a 10 is equivalent, but that's just the way their scale works. There is an SGC 9.5. It's very clear. They make it very clear that that means mint plus. Okay. So a company decides the scale they want to go with, and that's it. You stick to it. There's equivalency. One of the things that people enjoyed about sending to Beckett was the off chance, the roll of the dice that they could get a pristine 10 or a black label 10. I always saw it as gimmickry. I saw it as um, a way to pull people in. They didn't need to pull me in because I got nothing but great service early on. So I was, I was in it. I didn't need that gimmick. It was a nice little bonus that every hundred or so cards I sent in, I'd get a pristine. I never received a black label. And we don't have time to go into the controversies regarding the black label. And the fact that there are people linked to associations with Beckett, and employment with Beckett, that received a lot of black labels. It is a subjective industry. Expect, don't wonder about, expect there to be corruption. There will be. There has to be. Now, this is not the first time Beckett made an announcement at a big show and stepped back, correct? That's correct. There last year, new- last year at the national, they they rescinded on uh, new slabs, and then they just played it off like they were never going to do that, even though their entire booth, all of the the signage showed new Beckett slabs. Same situation, signage, marketing, and then reaction, and then stepping back. How embarrassing! How incredibly embarrassing for a professional organization in in full public view like getting caught with your pants down i, I maybe that's maybe that's not even as bad as what they were doing especially a leader imagine a leader in an industry like like you know they are they are regardless of your opinion or anyone's opinion not yours of course i mean like the whoever's listening regardless of your opinion i mean they are a leader in this industry they are like if not the leader like you know like we can argue about that all day but like the pedigree that they have and just watching them crash and burn for like the last three years has been painful. It's been they painful. And I'm sure like especially painful for you. They are the solid number two in a very competitive and, and constantly talked about industry. Did Lamine say that grading is kind of like talking about politics and religion in the hobby? Maybe. Because that's what it is, right? And you know, especially when HGA and all these other companies were entering, now we, we have TAG entering the game, right? It's an important thing that Beckett is the solid number two. And it's an important thing that they're associated with Dr. James Beckett. And it's an important thing that one of the, one of the most popular conversations on Instagram is, do you remember when Beckett was like number one? I, I remember. I do remember that. It was a thing before the, before the, the pandemic. Since then, what we have seen is an absolute circus sideshow that that is only rivaled by the comedy of Monty Python, in my opinion, because it's so bumbling and it's so bamboozling and it's so bizarre. And you have literally people talking about, is this an April Fool's show? Yes. yes. Now, now here's the here's the thing. So. If I'm with Beckett and this is a funny conversation we've had with the cardboard uh, cowboys yes um signed and slabbed and ephus pitch love you guys um about you know potentially beckett under different ownership 
different leaders, you know, changing up a little bit, what would happen? That could be interesting. And, you know, the, 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 the fact that, you know, the concept of changing the optic was smart. Let's get rid of this 9.5 optic and make it a 10 gem mint the same way PSA has a 10 gem mint. Okay, I get that. I get the desire to do that, especially because I, I like the impetus here that there's a lot of new collectors. We want more new collectors and it's still happening. This concept like, okay, you know, the, the, the hobby has certainly slowed down, but everyday people are still checking it out. And, and people from get, their and friends. The average person gets confused by the 0.5s and the subgrades. And, you know, like the they like do. I'm talking like the average new person, right? They just want kind of clear cut numbers, it. right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm seeing it every day. I'm seeing yeah. it every time someone brings their, their friend into the store. Yeah. Every time someone brings their friend into the hobby. Um, all these weird questions. Why does the cup gold sell for less than the, the regular cup RPA? Why is a 9.5 the same as a PSA 10? A lot of confusion for someone brand new to the hobby. That's, that's a big optical issue. And they went after it, but they went after it completely the wrong way. There's a collector on IG who took out his entire hockey card collection. So you have to folks, you have to imagine someone who has put in the time, effort and money into tracking down what are labeled as gem mint cards by a top professional grading certification authentication company going out of his way now he didn't care about subgrades why should he they are certifying that it's a 9.5 gem mint it's there on the gold label now you want to get picky about subgrades you want to do the whole true gem true gem plus thing go for it doesn't matter he wanted gems he got them a lot of these 90s hockey players that he was going after it was difficult to track down in general Try to try to track down a Daniel or Henrik Sedin black diamond true gem. That's tough. I dare you. It's tough. Okay. So if you get a min gem, as they call it, whatever. The point is, he whips out his collection and says, based on the changes that you're proposing, and this is the second day with the post-it note. Nine out of over a hundred of his cards, carefully curated, carefully selected on display on social media, nine of those cards would retain the designation of being gem mint. How can you do that to someone? How can you suddenly, out of nowhere, snap your fingers and do that to someone, do that to a collector, do that to someone who is a client of yours, a customer of yours? How could you do that? Brendan, I lost nights of sleep during this time while people were laughing, wondering if it was an April Fool's joke and arguing and bickering and Lameem James was making memes and you were in Vegas doing your thing. I was losing sleep over cards I own that are of tremendous value, significant value. And this concept that they would suddenly no longer be worthy of the designation of gem mint, they would be mint plus, all because the subgrades are all gem mint according to their scale. They created the scale, okay? And now they're changing now, all the of a scale. Sudden, now, now, by the way, I believe, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's wild to me that this wasn't said more, um, but I believe it was uh, uh, Cage who says, so am I now going to take this card of mine that you have visually destroyed? potentially you've destroyed its value. I don't know. I, I was terrified of the effect in the aftermarket. 
So you're going to take this card of mine that you have absolutely destroyed now, and you're going to have me send it to you and pay you? Pay money. Pay money. To change the label from Gem Mint to Mint Plus? Now, when did those employees, managers, executives have that moment where they realized what I just said and said to themselves, we are a bunch of absolute nincompoop buffoons. Was that the moment when they went back onto IG and all social media and said, sorry about that, guys. We've changed our mind. Everything's fine. It's all the same. Have a great day. And uh, hope to see you at the expo where you'll be paying $160 USD to get your card slabbed on site. Was that what happened? I just, it's, so, it, it's very hard to sympathize with them. And like, I see all these people being like, oh, well, like they're for the collector. And I'm like, but they're really just not right now. You know, they're really, 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 really not. And they asked for feedback. And they said that they're reading feedback and they want people to take surveys and they're going to do focus groups and all the things that they should have done initially. Okay. By the way, yes. all the things that they should there have done you. initially when realistically speaking, okay, there are some key things that they have yet to address. Number one is turnaround times. They're still not great. All right. There's no excuse anymore. No one's sending in Beckett's. Be I mean, I mean, not nobody is sending in Beckett. Beckett hearts to grade. But if you look at the volume that Beckett is doing versus everybody else, there is no excuse yes. for your volume to not be quick. The turnaround time should be quick. Do you know what I mean? Like you should have hired accordingly. Everything should be ready to rock for when you're like busy. Okay. So, cause imagine yeah. this actually worked. Do you know how, what kind of backlog they would have had? Imagine. Oh, yeah. Like, because they it takes it takes like four months to get a card graded now, five months to get a card graded with Beckett. And there's no backlogs. It's not like people are it's not like people are, are lining up down the street to send to Beckett. And you haven't fixed it still. Do you know what I mean? They will be in Toronto soon. I think I don't they understand. will be in Toronto. Well, listen, here, real quick, real quick. Go don't for it. Cut you off, go for it. I got it. Look, I'm sure you did as well. I, I got one particular DM. And you know how it starts. Okay, smart guy. You know, Beckett wants to make some positive changes. What's your problem with wanting to make positive changes? What would you have them do? Oof. I took no time in responding to this DM. Okay. I I did not see anything that they've been doing, quite frankly, or or saying that they would be doing as a positive change. And I told them very flatly, they need to address their turnaround times, customer service and yes. communication, yes. as well as their social media presence, which was absent during the pandemic. That's what I would have had, had Beckett do way before we start having discussions about the slab itself, the grading scale. Like I said, there's something to the optic I support. Um, I didn't have a huge problem with V1, by the way. True gems being a 10 gem, it made sense to me. You're just changing a 9.5 to a 10, but then you have to deal with, with the scale and that's a problem. That's where they tripped up all over themselves. But address the turnaround time, the customer service, 
the, the, the pubes in your slabs, the cracks in your slabs when they're returned. I, I've already outlined my horrible experience with them last time that was so bad that I'm likely not going to grade with them. Well, the RCRs came back different grades. Like, you know what I mean? And two, these are... two grades lower. PC cards, that means I don't trust your RCRs. I don't trust your graders. They're out to lunch. I know too much. Okay. I also know, I, I know too much about what goes on at the shows. I know too much about employees. Let me tell you something. And people are going to say, I have no right to say this. And I don't, I don't know what goes on in, in the corporate world with, with Beckett. You get rid of everyone at the top and you restart. Sorry. I understand people have families and jobs. They'll be fine. But this is an old boys club. I know that they'll be fine. You get rid of everyone at the top and you start over again, or we're going to be literally six months away from the next fiasco where they make some claim that they're going to do something and they step back because the hobby reacts. You start fresh and you get new leaders. You get All I have to say leaders is if you look at what SGC has done, okay, they have not wowed people with any dazzling change in their grading scale or like... They Absolutely. really haven't done a ton of shit. All they did was listen to people. They said, hey, what do you guys want? Cheaper cheaper grading? Fine. You want better turnaround times? Fine. You want someone who's going to answer you on social media, on an email, on a phone call, on whatever? Fine. Whew. Cool. Call me up. Do whatever you need to do. And guess while what? Beckett was, yeah. While They've Beckett was downgrading favorite. my cards. Yeah. Go for it. While they, while they were delivering crack slabs, while they sent my friend, his Wayne Gretzky PMG damage never got back to him. While they were doing that, and presumably hatching the next idiotic scheme, SGC helped me locate a package that got misdirected. They did it through email, and they, and they solved it in a day. It was unbelievable. But it's okay everything because... everything else you just said. But it's okay because BGS's pride and joy over the last two years, the VHS grading that no one uses. That, that, that was a big move for them. Um, <laughs> look, at, again, at the end of the day, without just... without risking the cardboard coaches becoming this anti-Beckett yeah, station. Yeah. I mean, I own I own ton I of, get... tons of Beckett slabs, right? Like, I mean, I so do I. Right. You know, I'm not the, you're not the only I, person I can here. summarize it. I can summarize it really well, okay? I want... Make no mistake, I want this company to succeed. The question is, do they want to succeed? That's it. That's what it boils down to. Are they going to do the right things that I want them to, that I want to see them do? I want them to be successful. I want, I, you know, I kind of had a realization the other day. I want tag grading to be successful. I want SGC to continue thriving. You're going to see more SGC slabs than ever at the Toronto Expo with you know the, the the local outlets where people are dropping off for grading you're going to see so many of those slabs you're going to see great cards in those slabs and you're going to see people start really looking at them i see people you know, buying sgc that were otherwise never touching sgc so everything has changed for them since the pandemic because of what you just said the simplest customer service oriented movements right not they didn't really change they didn't change their slab they nope. very minor alterations to the label if you have an old label it's not really that vastly different no they just changed it they from green they changed it from like green to black and they yeah. they, they, they changed yeah. the text a little bit you know there used to be this, this hellaciously cool hologram on the back of old sgc slabs it, it was unbelievable i don't know if that maybe that wasn't just like uh i wonder if that was just maybe not um like financially conducive or something but um 
Can I ask you, you something? Know, no major changes to this lab. No major changes to the to the grading scale. A yep. Very consistent, very consistent grading scale. I would also say, which gives power to the consumer. I think that this card has a solid shot. It's not going to be a gem, but I think it has a solid shot between a nine and a gem. So I would love to get this card in a nine five. They're they're grading they're grading for free your autograph if it's a ten. You saw Beckett flirting with that idea. I don't know if that went through because I never know. I don't know. I don't know right? either. I have no idea either. I was thinking the same but thing. I have a card. I have a card that I don't think is a gem auto, and I don't want it in a Beckett's lab if it doesn't get a ten auto because the, the nine nine five nine just doesn't you have look a right. Wonderful option. Now. And you have a wonderful option of an SGC. I know. And, I got uh, I got so a question wanna, for you. Yes. You want to summarize? What do you want to summarize? I mean, I think I did kind of summarize. I, okay, cool. Yeah, um, so I have a question for well, you. Well, I mean, if you want to, if you want to segue into the next thing, well, we it really kind of does, but I that. actually have a question for you well, here. Okay, so, go for it. Would it be crazy if Fanatics buys Beckett, considering like Beckett's pretty much digging their own grave right now, and you got to yeah. believe that Fanatics wants another piece of the pie. They are buying literally everything and everyone. Fanatics came out and said, or there are reports that are surfaced that in the last week that Fanatics has taken six major employees close to the top at Panini, uh, along with, I mean, a copious uh, amount of other things from other people. I mean, they just bought like the rights to Serie A, uh, soccer jerseys, like they are just every single day, they are buying up more and more and more big entities in the sports cards, the sports space, the advertising. Like it is ridiculous. Like I find myself when I'm like scrolling through news in in the sports card hobby, more and more frequently is it about either tops or fanatics, which is like literally. A derivative of you know like it's fanatics own stop so it just seems like there's constantly like a buzz about tops right now and it's a, as a result of fanatics and vice versa and i just yeah I, I i don't i mean i'm asking you do you think it's possible do you think is that something that you know you could see that's, happening that's a soup like that's that's a fantastic that 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 question i, I hate saying fantastic fanatics fantastic you uh, are asking the correct question. There's going to be a grading arm in all of this. There will be. We, we know there will be. I've thought to myself, if in their position, what makes more sense? And again, uh, you know, it's, that's all number crunching. What makes more sense to start something from the ground um, and basically create like a new grading company that will be their grading company? Or do you purchase something that already exists? I like to think that perhaps I'm kind of speculating here, trying to speculate in a positive way, by the way. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with it, but I think I think Tag is the type of company that, given the timing and everything, I think um, they may be hoping for such an alliance uh, or, or being purchased. Uh, I think, obviously, what you just said is on a lot of people's minds is Beckett, uh, something that's going to be on their radar is Beckett going to be evaluated lower because of all this tomfoolery? Like, because evaluations are going to be important. Did someone from Fanatics infiltrate Beckett and decide to do this uh, ridiculous stuff? I mean, I'm, I'm maybe I'm coming from the world of professional wrestling here when I say that. But That's so true. Um, I think it's legitimate that they might 
look at Beckett or Tag. Uh, but that's that's all I can really. It's, it's all speculation. Um, there was there was ties to and, CSG as well, though. No, initially, yes, I think there now, was right. Was but CSG in the realm of eBay. It's a lot of maneuvering going on here. Um, that said, uh, I, I guess the question is: Would would that be um, would a viable mean... option for for fanatics? And considering the fact yeah. that they are picking apart, they are. They're basically making carcasses out of companies and then buying them for make, parts would right it make now. Beckett, would it make Beckett better? I don't know. I don't know look, if it would make it better. Thing, by the way, so, so look, that's what I thought the segue was, which is that I personally think Beckett needs to clean house, start over. I know they're not going to do that. Not, not, not whatsoever. Um, what is Fanatics essentially doing? They're quietly, or maybe not so quietly, just bringing together and conglomerating a lot of the people that are involved in running Panini and tops under the fanatics banner. Um, they're already making hugely exciting announcements, which again, it's, I, we all saw it coming. I, I, I'm not one of these people like, Oh my God, they're going to be making tops basketball cards. That was the whole point. That yeah, was of one of the positive things. I think it was the fact that it came out so quickly though. Like, True. Because, like, because unlicensed cards typically have the, like a negative connotation to them. So, like, why would you risk doing this right now? Like, I think this is like an integral but, no. move, right? Because, like, this is an iconic, but, but, iconic but, brand. Tops basketball is iconic. Think, think of all the, all the. Me. Why? Are they not? Do they not have the NBA? No. No. Who does? Panini. But but fanatics essentially owns Panini. They no? don't yet. That's what I'm saying to you. They don't okay. have the basketball license until I think 2025, 2026. And that's why that's people and that's why people are like, what the fuck is happening? Because Tops announced that mm -hmm. next season they're making Tops basketball cards. And as it stands right now, they will be I mean, they will be unlicensed. So you're risking like a a potentially iconic brand. And having it unlicensed for a few years, like it just it doesn't really add up to me unless well, there's something bigger at play here. And we're about to see some big do dominoes drop very soon. Coach Co, I think you might be aware of my current state of mind and you're just layering extra stuff on top of it. That makes me very confused and somewhat scared. Um, but yeah, uh, I I was not surprised. Um, uh, it's such a, it is a negative way of putting it but it's an old boys club in this hobby and uh that always seems to be the play with large corporations and organizations you want to keep the same people regardless of their track record regardless of what's happened recently um so so it's kind of like say hello to the new boss say same as the old boss um, now, uh, yeah, the the whole thing with with tops and, and the NBA license, I didn't know that. I didn't I didn't know that they're talking about creating essentially what would be like Panini baseball cards. Is yes, that right? That's correct. Yeah, I didn't know that. So, um, hmm, that's all I have to say. No, didn't, that's didn't okay. they didn't didn't tops release a retro set recently? They did, and I don't was think no it was license? well received though. Right? Like, I don't think I don't anyone think is really was. like running to the store to buy it. And again, like this is an no. iconic set, right? Tops Chrome Basketball is like legit, and there's going to be Tops Chrome Basketball buyers. unlicensed. Like, I don't know. 
let the collectors and buyers make their choices and see I, how it all plays. That's out. what I'm most excited about seeing is like, uh, are we going to now see the rise in unlicensed cards potentially because of this? I mean, it, are, are collectors truly going to say, you know, I'm sick of Panini's prices. I'm sick of Panini's quality control, which we're actually going to get into a little bit. Um, you know, are people going to say I'm voting with my wallet here? And now that I have a secondary option for basketball cards, I don't even care if they're not licensed. They're better looking, assuming they're better looking, of course. They're better looking. There's a better so price point, better quality control. Not to say that Tops has been better in terms of quality control. But again, I'm just I'm creating a scenario for you guys. I hope you you're on board here. And, you know, significantly cheaper. Why the hell am I going back to Panini? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, maybe people start showing some love to unlicensed stuff because like, I don't know. It's just like, I mean, yeah, like it's just another one of those unwritten hobby rules. It's like, well, that's not licensed. So it, it sucks, you know, like Which I again, also, by the way, very confusing for new collectors. Of course very it is. Confusing. Of course it is. Uh, you know, you, you get like a you rip leaf and you have like an on card autograph of like some great all time great. And you're like, why is this card so cheap? Like this is like a Pele autograph or something, you know? Uh, yeah. Okay, fair, fine. It's a sticker, regardless. It's like I'm like, why is this Pele autograph so cheap? And we're like, well, it's unlicensed. You're like, but like, he signed this, and now he's passed away. You know, like that's pretty yeah, uh, sure. one of the greatest players of all time. Why is this so cheap? Sure. Um, yeah. So I think that would be really interesting. And I guess uh, we can talk about, you know, the fact that Panini really isn't doing themselves any favors either. And that's why I, I think both of them, Beckett and Panini, kind of are in this up shit's creek. I mean, we recently saw a video flo floating around of someone opening a box of, I think it was Mosaic Football. I want to say Mosaic, Mosaic Football. Um, yeah. And, the, you know, the breaker pulled out all the packs and at the bottom of the box was a cough drop. It was like a sealed box that they opened up. It's not like the, the breaker dropped it in there. Like the whole video, is, the whole thing is recorded as, as most breaks are these days. And they literally was pulled a, up. Was it a Ricola? Was it Ricola? Ricola. Maybe. I have no idea. It works with your stash, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I do my best. I don't have like a, the, this might be the horn though, you know? Ricola. Yeah. What is that cough <laughs> drop doing in the box? It's true, um, right? Like I, where's this I've, cough drop coming from? Why I witnessed in the past in the past two weeks, I'll tell you what I witnessed. I witnessed pieces of cards coming out of packs, pieces of cards, um, kind of the top edge of a card that looks like it got sliced off, falling out of a pack. Um, I I have fielded an angry individual with a disturbing story about all sorts of weird things inside their Donner's football box, which I know was factory sealed. I know for a fact. Um, kind of disturbing. Um, I, I never thought too much about this stuff because there is some hand packing going on and then there's automation, obviously. Um, so there will be weird things here and there. It's just we're hearing about it more and more in the social media age. And the undeniable reality of the past couple of years. And there's not, sorry, there's no company that escapes this. The, the level of quality control has been abysmal. And, it, and it's most, I th the, the, the biggest problem is 
see, I kind of shake that stuff off when I get a damaged card out of a Topps baseball box. I kind of shake it off when I a damaged upper deck card. I don't think you can but do that for Panini, though. For... With Panini's price point, you cannot. Yeah. Like, it's like a box of Topps cards versus Panini, like we're talking yeah. like three or four X on like, well, like the, I was on, say, on the normal stuff. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like I was going to say, for a new entrant spending a lot of money on a Panini product, they can't shake it off like I do. Um, there's a, there's a trust there, there's kind of like, uh, this I'm buying from this company that I've read about and has been doing this for a long time. And I want to have a good time. I want to have a good rip and hopefully get a good hit. And I just want to worry about what's in the box. I don't want to worry about if what's in the box is damaged or if there's a cough drop or, or if there's a, a, a beard oil, what is going on, you know? Um, and it pains me to see someone new to the hobby have an experience like that. It rattles them. That doesn't help anyone, man. It doesn't help anyone already in the space. It won't help, you know, the store that the box might have come from. It won't, it, it won't help uh, the, 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 the dealers that are trying to move product. It's, it's, a, it's a huge problem. And it seems, seems to have been really bad the past couple of years. Right. I mean, um, I, how, about, just, how about how 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 about Panini Redemptions, which you've talked a lot about? I how about can't. my redemptions I received uh, 10, 10 years later? Can I talk about uh, Panini Redemptions for two seconds? Because I want to go off again. So remember how I talked about the, the Sparkle Packs uh, like a few episodes back, where I was losing it yes. about people should not be happy about these Sparkle Packs. Someone no, sent a lot me a, of which are coming damaged. Someone sent me a photo of. Uh, the sparkle pack that they received and the quality control is atrocious. The card is, is literally like a third of a, an actual card and then like, like half of another card. And this was yes. a replacement for a card that they said that they Ooh. couldn't actually fulfill. So the person bought a box. Okay. The card that they were expecting to get was not in the box. Okay. The card that they, they hit. And it, if it was a, an actual card, it would have been quite desirable at that moment in time. They didn't receive the right. card. Instead, they've chosen to redeem it to still receive that card at a later date. Two years pass by. Card still hasn't come back. And they offer them a pack of cards in place of it of one of the worst rookie classes in NFL, in, in, in modern NFL. I don't give a shit what anyway says right now. Oh, the time. And on top of that, it comes back damaged. You've got to be fucking kidding me. It's I knew layers. this was going to happen. And that's why I said, do not. I was like, we should not accept this. I was like, this is just an out. This was all optics. Layers of, layers of disrespect. Layers. Like a cake. A, 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 a delicious, insulting cake. From Panini. Um, why did I, I, I would have, I would have uh, loved. Could you imagine me reacting to a damaged sparkle pack? I, I got cards that I redeemed 10 years ago. I don't remember. I don't remember much of 10 years ago. Are they offering you sparkle packs? That was I happening remember, here? I do remember it was the time when you had bought a pack of Dominion. It was right around then. Yeah. But uh, Panini Dominion hockey. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I received a card from National Treasures and from Elite. Um, and they're kind of cool. There's a Ron Francis autograph, Keith Primo, hmm. Shea Weber for all our hockey fans that are listening. 
Uh, but it came 10 years later. They shipped it to an old address. I had to go on a little adventure to get my cards. How ridiculous is that? When I posted that, people in my DMs just like, really, 10 years? What is with this company? What is with this company? And then you have people defending it and saying, well, you know, people, they can't sign. They Athletes can't sign. I'm like, listen, athletes play. You know where they're going to be. All right. You know exactly where these athletes are going to be. They're going to be at the at the games. You know, well, I don't know why it's so difficult to get a goddamn representative to go out there and sign all these redemptions in one shot after these, the game, before the game. These people are getting paid to do this. OK, so it's not that difficult. I don't know. Call me can crazy. you imagine any other? Can you imagine any other job or, or company where you could say, you know what? Listen, we're uh, we're really busy. We're gonna give ourselves a ten year grace here, and you guys are gonna have to be okay with it because we're really busy. We're working on some big things here. It's like running a giveaway that never never has a like a winner. It's bullshit. And this is all. And this is all I'm saying is is that there should be a concern if it's gonna be the same people involved. And so we're going to see all these movements like we saw of the recent movement of Panini executives over to Fanatics. And you can't expect a different result if it's going to be the same peeps. It's going to be the same guys. Can't expect a different result. Well, I mean, especially because it's going to be a mass now. You know what I mean? Like Tops is a Fanatics in general has a war chest. And I mean, the objective is very clear and it's just like dominate and like take over. So I, I, you know, if we think quality control is going to get better, I, I just, I can't imagine that, that being a thing, especially if we're bringing over people who already sacrificed, they're like, ah, you know what? Screw it. You know, they definitely have like a number in their head and like, you know, what percentage are screwed up or screwed up enough to the, like the point where like they get pa- bad publicity, bad publicity yeah. as a result of yeah, that. You know, like, let's say that's yeah. the numbers like 2% or 1% or like 0.5% or something along those lines. And they just have to keep it within that buffer. And then everything else, you're like, ah, whatever, you know, like, it's all good. You know, as long as we can. And and if anything, I mean, with fanatics and they're with the, the war chest, I mean, theoretically, you could kind of uh, put out enough positive content to whittle down the negative content. And now we're starting to get into like some real fucking... <laughs> You know, because like if you start pumping up enough, if you pump out enough good stuff, I mean, the the, the, the bad stuff kind of gets thrown to the wayward. Well, enter enter Ruben at a card store uh, connecting a young fan with an athlete. Enter, you know, that sort of thing. That that that'll be great. But I'm just concerned that the Mike you know, Trout Ruben follow himself, back cards. You know what I mean? There's so many things yeah. to talk about that it's Ru- hard to Ruben talk about himself, negative things. Ruben himself admitted, you know, he's new to he's new to this. He was at Burbank, what, buying his first cards. I mean, yes, yes. the concern there, the concern there is okay. Like it's it's a it's a person coming in with a fresh perspective and and getting a feel for it. But the the concern is that the people under him will be the people that were always there, and have always made the same mistakes. But you, there is this hope I see, some some kind of. You know, there is an attachment there that I see from many people that that believe that that change is going to come and positive change is going to come via via Ruben. But people have to remember, it's not going to be just him. It's it's going to be mostly the people around him, right? And and who he who he assigns as the heads of the, the different departments and think- whatnot. You mentioned big league, by the way, fantastic product. 
that I don't know where that trout is right now. Four thousand, something like that. The follow back, yeah, something like that. Something like that. I wanted yeah. to clarify again that you know when it comes to the influencer cards, there are some influencers who very much uh, deserve it. Um, should people be buying the cards for one hundred and fifty dollars? I don't know. I don't know either. Um, but it's exciting. It's that 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 follow back is. I guess we already t- we spoke about that last yeah. episode. I'm pretty sure. Well, they're just they're so. pulling out all the stops. Um, I I mean I think we have to be cautiously optimistic and just have all of the years of information and knowledge about the past of this hobby and everyone in it just at the back of our heads as we move forward into this new collecting space with these new conglomerates being formed with these new leaders at the helm. And, uh, you know, we just got to stick to collecting and stick together in this community. And I think that we can find a way to, to write this ship. And on that note, Co, and the fact that you talked about the positive things, how we could, Put a little bit of that positive stuff on top of what's already happened, been and happened. I'm going to do one little final ramp here uh, while we're doing this. You know, if you're getting to the point, and I'm speaking to very specific content creators, people that have not been in the hobby space, suddenly surfaced in the hobby space, gained a following one way or the other, and have people that, that hang on their words, okay? When you're going after a person like Mama's Breaks, who is so positive for this hobby, you have lost your way. You are going down the wrong path. You have zero interest in the hobby. You can post as many PSA 7 slabs as you want to try to convince us that you actually care about cards. But Mama's Breaks is a tremendously positive person in this hobby. If you are going to start talking about every big hit coming with the attachment of a conspiracy or some sort of nefarious action, you are out of your mind. They happen every day at local card stores. We see it locally here in Toronto. They happen every day in other parts of the world. They happen every day online. Not everything is some sort of grand conspiracy. And people really need to get off that path. Stop surrounding yourself with people around that path. Do what the cartel does, which is completely wipe them aside completely wipe them aside and focus on the fact that there are there are good things happening we need to cultivate that we need to support that it's gonna benefit all of us right at the end of the day as they say the negative affects us all if you're positive affects us all i think that we should um we should uh, go down that path the path of staying positive about about things and supporting people who are positive for the hobby. Yeah, I think I mean, like I said, just be cautiously optimistic, you know, know, know what you know and I mean, make the, the decisions based on character and you know, just try not to get sucked into all this and have fun collecting. I think that's what it comes down to, right? And uh team, and be aware. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Cardboard Coaches. It is a banger. As always, please feel free to like, subscribe, comment. In fact, I encourage you to do so. Share this with a friend who you think would really enjoy this episode. For now, the Cardboard Coaches and Coach Co. are out of here.